Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. We're coming and we ain't backing down. We don't need a bunch of cats in here looking in the mirror. Shut up! I'm bitterly disappointed with the officiating today. Guys being dudes. And they run through our <laughs> like through a tin horn, man. <laughs> Folks, we came into the week with 15 undefeateds. And thankfully, because now we only have nine. In one of it's easily the best Saturday this year. It's one of the best Saturdays in honestly quite some time. It was a fun day of college football, one of those that you hope you get at least once or twice a year to remind everyone why we're all here and why this is a, a fun sport to live and breathe. Richard, shall we do our best to distill this into about 30 minutes, but then go over like usual? Longest 30 minutes of your week starts in three, two, one. Biggest game of the day, Alex. I would argue biggest game of the season, best result of the season. Old Dominion 49, Coastal Carolina 21. Coastal no longer undefeated. They'd been shaky this season, and I think it's fair to say that. Uh, Old Dominion was able to sack Grayson McCall six times, uh, and the shots fall. They, they sacked his backup another time, or, or the other quarterback another time for good measure. Coastal ran the ball for 3.6 per carry. Sack adjusted very, very, very low for them. Old Dominion, though, Blake Watson had 256 rushing yards on 18 attempts. Very good. Uh, this is up top because there were only two G5 unbeatens coming into this week. This left only one, but even that didn't last very long because Georgia Southern 45, James Madison 38. The Sun Belt was designed this year to eat itself. That's a compliment. It's a very good, very deep league. Georgia Southern's having a nice year. Remember, they won in Lincoln, which no, ma no matter what the state of Nebraska is, was a very good good win for them. They now welcome in an unbeaten ranked team, James Madison, uh, a battle of past FCS champs and give them their first taste of sadness at this level. However, cool Richard, irony, cruel irony for James Madison, uh, one of the best FCS to FBS come uppers because Georgia Southern uh -huh. was one of the previous, most recent, really good FCS to FBS come uppers. All right. We kid because we care. Get this slop out of the way. Tennessee 52. Unbelievable. It's not slot. Alabama 49. Oh, grow up. You know what the best game of the day was. Tennessee 52. Alabama 49. Game of the year. Easy game of the year. They, we won't top it. I, there's no way. I, you have best college football game in a while. I, I agree with you. I mean, this was absolutely nails, man. This is why you do this. This is why you watch it for something like this. Absolutely. Uh, let's, let's each take a side of this game. Uh, from Tennessee's standpoint, it's cool to see the plan work 
Like they just won the game as Tennessee, right? Jalen Hyatt had six catches and five of them were for touchdowns. All of them deep balls, I believe. Was there one intermediate kind of route? I I, there was there yeah. was one like red yeah. zone. Point ball, is, but I, yes, like yes. Hendon's just going to throw it deep. And he, look, he had some overthrows in this game. Uh, one that got picked. One that cost him a touchdown. You know, you get the full the full experience here. You do you do run the gamut with and, Hendon. But Hooker. that to me that made it more fun. Like I I like to think about this kind of in the same league. Though it was a more entertaining game uh, than Michigan over Ohio State last year, where there's this catharsis. There's mm-hmm. this exorcism mm-hmm. after so many years of beating your head into a wall against your your rival that hasn't even really been your rival. It's more been the hammer and you've been the nail. And I like that Tennessee flopped around with this. I like that they, it wasn't supposed to be easy. Why would it be easy? You know, why it's Alabama? Why would it's never? Easy. Why wouldn't the Volunteers drop an exchange on an option play <laughs> and hand them a free <laughs> touchdown with ten, with eight minutes left in the game? Why wouldn't they do that? Like you you wouldn't. You would not have expected this to be easy. I like that it wasn't. It was fun. Tennessee is absolutely back. You can't be any more back than this. I don't care if they win the national title of the SEC East or not. They're back. And it's great. Uh, lots of ink spilled, obviously, about Tennessee's in the spread formations. But it should be noted that, in, and this is not a rare thing. They they have done it in the past. In the fourth quarter, when when it's time to really cash the check, they will put an H back on the field there and they will attempt to run the ball down your fucking throat. Tennessee's offensive line impressed, really impressed with Tennessee's defensive line. I think they really got after Alabama, particularly on the left side of Alabama's offensive line in pass protection. They really, really tried to exploit Bama and pass protection. As we understand though, Alex, you can flush Bryce Young out of the pocket. You can move him off his spot, whatever. It doesn't matter because Bryce Young is a one of one college football player. He's just, He's just absolutely unbelievable. But for Tennessee to take the punch that Alabama gave them in the middle of that game, right? I texted you, I think. I was like, oh, we've seen this movie before. It's classic Bama. Bama's going to win this game. Bama's winning. Wow, good accountability. Um, you did. You did. Yeah, yeah, because like you you, you saw how that went, right? You saw how that went. Um, the, the, the first pass interference that I'm sure Tennessee fans uh, will not be thrilled about, even though I'm sure Tennessee fans will also ignore the fact that Bryce Young's helmet got slapped uh, on the same play. Um, and the refs gave us a makeup call later in that game as well. So, you know, it's all square. But during that stretch, it was like, oh, again, you know, t- Tennessee's going to blow this. It's Alabama storming back, all that kind of stuff. But but Tennessee took that punch and was able to deliver another one back in the late third quarter and in the fourth to hang in there and win this game. One other thing, by the way, about Tennessee, sticking to what Tennessee does. You mentioned the offensive line. We talked about the stat on the big show this week. Coming into the game, they were 17 for 17 touchdowns in goal to go. That's obviously the best you can be, but it's it's way better than anybody else in the country with that volume. Four for four in this game. We'll talk about this recurringly on, on, on a bunch of games on every hurry up. It's about finishing drives in college mm-hmm. football. It's about finishing drives as well as blocking and tackling, as you say. And Tennessee finishes drives. It's what they do. And it's it's thanks to the line. I do say, uh, I do think very key here is at the end of this game, right? The difference is Bryce Young on that second down play, he's throwing like an HB angle to Jameer Gibbs. He just misses it. And Gibbs uh, Gibbs drops it. You could argue Gibbs should have had it. But Gibbs dropped it, and it would have made that field goal a lot more manageable for Will Reichert, who I still think is a good kicker, although the last two, uh, two weeks I'm a little bit unclear. I do not know how that kick for Tennessee got 
over the goalpost. Now, and and I, I I don't know if Alabama would have actually run the clock out in this situation because Tennessee had three timeouts, so they if they would have stopped them, they would have been able to have some time left probably. But it, I don't know how Tennessee made the kick when they got the ball back and and it knuckled over the goalpost there. Alabama not making Tennessee use some timeouts leading up to that field goal was enough of a mistake that I, some guy wearing a quarter zip in my kitchen, am comfortable saying that Nick messed up. Uh, Tennessee should not have had the arsenal of timeouts coming the other way in the last in the last drive. Alabama could have taken steps to make that less and did not, and that is a mistake by the greatest to ever do it. Utah 43, USC 42. Another excellent game. Richard. Uh I thought what USC went up what twenty one to nothing at one uh, point in time in this game. A lot to a little at the beginning of the game. I forget if it was, I was fourteen. Like, oh. I think it was fourteen, not twenty one. But yeah, okay. And I was like, okay, all right. I guess we're done here with with Utah for the foreseeable future. But Utah battled back. Kyle Whittingham, congrats. Clap it up because Kyle Whittingham knows we do not want an extra period with USC's offense, even without Jordan Addison. Yep. The, it, 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 I don't, I don't want to do an analytics argument. This is not chiefs Raiders. This is Kyle Whittingham understanding. We have to win this game in over uh, in regulation. If we are going to win it. And that's what they did. Two pointer at the end. Uh, no Brent Keithy, no problem for Utah. Apparently Dalton Kincaid, 15 receptions in this game. Unguardable for a lot over of 200. yards. Yeah. Yeah. It was over yeah. 200. Yeah, that shit. Yeah. Cam Rising threw for like 400 yards. Cam Rising showed something here that I was not sure was within his capabilities. He he was good. Uh, USC's defense, which had looked to be rounding into form, no longer looks that way. Uh, part of that, Eric Gentry, a really good linebacker from Arizona State from the portal. He got hurt in this game. Obviously, you mentioned Addison. You could tell a story here that maybe USC's roster depth behind those portal additions is not roster depth befitting of a playoff contender. And I think you'd be right. I think that that's, an, that's a fair criticism or critique of USC. Pac-12 officiating almost almost really did it this time, by the way. Uh, in the last you know 20 seconds, USC was on the last gasp drive. Caleb throws a deep ball. It gets picked. There's a flag down. Everyone knows it's going to be pass interference. But the Utah defensive back runs this ball basically 53 yards across the field and kind of loops around, takes probably another seven, eight seconds off the clock. But for some reason, the home clock operator stopped the play, just just stopped the clock. And and then for some other reason that I have no idea about, the Pac-12 put more time on the clock rather than less to give USC another look. Um, if USC had succeeded in tying that game with a field goal or winning that game, uh, we would have been winning the game, not tying it. We would have had a, a nightmarish officiating scandal on our hands. So good for the Pac-12 that that did not happen. TCU 43, Oklahoma State 40. You were there, Richard, in Fort Worth. So I'm going to let you tell us about this one. Yeah, TCU storms back in the fourth quarter, erases a 14-point fourth quarter deficit. The game was pretty sleepy for like two and a half quarters, honestly, and not much going on. I thought Oklahoma State was going to run away with it. And then you look up and you realize that Oklahoma State hadn't scored a touchdown since there were 10 minutes left in the second quarter. And you were like, huh, that's interesting. I think the Cowboys just look pretty ordinary in this game on offense. I, I don't really see who's special for them on offense. And, and they haven't really put up a ton of points against a good team. Um, I, my thing, though, coming out of this game remains Quentin Johnston, who's a receiver for TCU, who is as good as it gets. I mean, I, I, it, 
buy the stock now, put the mortgage on it. The young man is absolutely fantastic. Uh, you cannot, you're not supposed to move at the size he is. He's got like Giannis arms. It's wild to see it in person. Um, I think he truly missed his calling as a back to goal English striker, a real classic number nine. The way he exits the catch with his back to the defense is really, really special. He's a really, really special player. So I missed all of the fourth quarter of the Alabama, or most of the fourth quarter of the Alabama game, because I went down to the field at TCU at a field pass. So the game ends, and they rush the field, right? Which I will say, I was not expecting. I was not expecting a field rush in this game, but always nice to, to have a pitch invasion. So I'm on the field, and a patron walks up to me. Shout out. I, I couldn't get your name because there's 50,000 people screaming around me. So we get to talking, have a nice chat, it was really fun. And then I, I had gone down on the field with some other reporters. And obviously, I got I to gotta go to the press conference. And I look around. And the reporters that I was with, shout out Chris Vanini of The Athletic, there's nobody around. And I've never been to TCU. So I'm like, uh. So I find Sonny Dykes coming off the field into the tunnel. And I just, like, followed Sonny Dykes. And I ended up in TCU's locker room at the end, after the game. Wow. And it's, it's funny because um, one, one of the things you forget about field rushing is, you know, your the home team can't really get off the field either because there's 50,000 people on the field. So Dykes, the, everybody's in the locker room, like waiting for Dykes to come in. They come in and, and everybody kind of cheers. And then Dykes is like, wait, I can't do the speech because like a third of the team isn't in the room. So he has to go back out into the tunnel to like get the guys back in and everybody gets in and they finally have a party. So it was a great atmosphere. It was a great day for TCU TCU is serious and and the thing is this is basically the same team Gary Patterson left like it, it's the same group of guys and it's one of those things where how do you balance the bona fide reasons TCU is winning football games with the 30,000 foot you know things like belief and things like oh it just feels different and the last three years under Gary were a slog and all this kind of stuff anyway it's been fun to be around TCU the last couple of weeks it was a party uh yesterday in Fort Worth Michigan 41 Penn State 17 Michigan had a party along Penn State's defensive line all game yeah I mean kudos to Michigan Blake Corum you have a note in here about him he is he's as good as it gets among college running backs these days. I mean, he, his physicality and body control are next level. Um, he's just really fun to watch. Let's just quote though, from PJ Mustafer, Penn state defensive lineman via Daniel gallon of 24 seven sports said it's embarrassing and said, just feeling like another team just completely dominated us. That never feels good. It's kind of embarrassing. End quote. That's, that's pretty much it. Like, Penn State is not in the same weight class as Michigan, uh, obviously. And, and the nature of college football is that sometimes you don't learn that until week seven. But we learned it here. Um, they got crushed. I mean, they're, they're, they were not they were they were not spiritually on the same field in this game. Yeah, the pick six that made everybody think, oh, it could be a game. And then Michigan was like, no, oh. no, it's not. Which is impressive for Michigan yes. to just shut the door when when Penn State looked game. Should have been not even as close as 41-17. It was a very flukish pick six with multiple deflections before it went the other way. Uh, also, Michigan had dry finishing problems in this game. They uh, they were in the not beginning, very good. Yeah, yeah. In, in the, the beginning, they marched, right? I'm, I'm interested to see an unavailable yards report from this game because Michigan marched it down their ass and got to the goal line and couldn't punch it in, I think, on three straight possessions, right? 
Uh, multiple. Yeah. And I mean, they had several red zone field goals, um, a couple from goal to go where they, where they could have put more points on the board and they did not, uh, on the Penn state side, I think, I think this should be cause for some introspection. They are since 2016, they are over Ohio state. They are three for three, three and three against Michigan, but the one, you know, their, their last win against either of these teams, uh, was, COVID year, uh, they're like, you know, their last non COVID victory, their last non odds, oddball season victory against one of these teams was Michigan three years ago this week. It's worth, worth asking why this keeps happening. It's not really on the quarterback. Um, like Sean Clifford's not the guy who's going to elevate you, but the, the five star who we like came into this game and he couldn't do anything either because they were, they were just overwhelmed. So it's like, You've, do you want to be in the weight class with, with a Michigan or do you not? I don't know. And, and James Franklin has to figure that out. Syracuse 24, NC State 9. Uh, Richard, it is as bad as you said it would be for NC State's offense without Devin Leary, who is out for the season. Maybe he comes back and plays another year next year. He has one available to him if he chooses. Oh, no, no, no. He He's going to go on to play on Sundays. Okay. He's got bigger fish to Okay. Uh, well, shitty way for his career to end. Uh, <laughs> NC State, his, his college career, uh, <laughs> NC State got goal to go a couple times, settle for field goals, might have been a different game if they didn't. But Syracuse played them like a team with an overmatch backup QB. Sean Tucker finally found some some grass or some turf because it's the dome. Uh, Aronde Gadsden, the second, eight catches, 10 targets for a buck 41 and two touchdowns. He was the star of the game. And Syracuse is undefeated and bowl eligible after six games. Guess who next week, Alex? Clemson 34, Florida State 28. Uh, Clemson grabbed this game by the scruff of the neck. I, I think Florida State had a had a very nice little comeback effort at the end of the game. But this is, again, a game where you look at Clemson and you say, okay, if you are comparing Clemson to this you know, 56 to 10 Clemson that has been in the past, in the past, they're not that team. They are competent. They are solid. They are playing effective complementary football. And we talked about how they ended the season. Well, last season, fellas, folks, men, women, ladies, and gentlemen, Clemson has won 13 straight games. That is nation leading right now. And, and whichever way you skin the cat, 13 straight is 13 straight. Yeah. There's no such thing as a, asterisk 13 straight in college football you you just win 13 straight and that's that they won the middle eight you know the last four minutes of the first half and the first four of the second half they won it 17 to nothing Richard uh, they had a field goal they got a turnover a fumble going into the half they went and they scored on a short field got the kickoff and scored again and that was that was the game like FSU gave them a really good run in that first half but they lost the game in the last four of the first half and first four of the second half. And that's tough. Uh, Clemson also had a better conversion night. FSU ran into some walls on fourth downs. FSU's also their strength really defensively was that the big play had been really hard to come by. Clemson got a couple on them. They had the Davis Allen touchdown, the one out of the ha- out of halftime on a reverse flea flicker that was actually covered pretty well. Uh, Antonio Williams had a deep ball touchdown where he just beat someone. Also, DJ, we give him credit recurringly on this show now. That was a wonderful play by DJ to elude the rush and throw yes. a perfect yes, deep ball. Yes, uh, Dabo might be getting away with it, man, with his whole like, <laughs> don't hire anyone from the outside. Don't, don't, 
do the portal thing. He, he might be getting away with it. I don't know. UNC 38, Duke 35. Uh, get comfortable with UNC in the ACC championship game. Okay, relax. Wow, pit erasure. Unfucking believable from you. It pit is kind of erasure. unbelievable. It is kind of unbelievable for me. Yeah, but get comfortable. Uh, the defense is ass. It just is. Um, I don't really think Duke should be scoring 35 points on you, but no, we move. no, no, they shouldn't be. But also Richard, I mean, I know you like, you like being a draft guy. I don't think he's eligible this year. I think he's a year or two away. Uh, Drake may is probably going to be, what am I missing? Like he's going to be a very high NFL. He's good. I, well, I, I, to be fair, I have not really watched a ton of UNC either way, but I will say we did this same thing with Sam Howell. So you're right. Uh, you're right. You're right. Miami, you're right. Miami 20, Virginia tech 14. Uh, Virginia tech is really, really good on defense. I think, I think Miami is and really, really it. average on offense. Um, and Miami, Miami got, I think 17 points in this game and did really didn't do fuck all for the rest of the game besides getting a field goal. They were up 17 at half and they were up six after the, after the fourth quarter ended. They don't ask how they just ask how many, but I think Miami fans, I'm not sure. Let's, let's be. I'm, I'm not come sure. On. Even Miami fans who are a very boisterous bunch, I'm not sure. Are like I'm not sure. Like overwhelmingly excited about this. Uh, they had 17 penalties. Someone, by the way, had more penalties than than Alabama this week. That was Miami. Uh, with 17 of those in this game. Well, in that way, the U is back. Uh, the U is back in that way. They sat Grant Wells six times. In that way, the U is back. They just have to figure out offense. Their best player in this game was their punter, Lou Headley, the Australian who's like old, like older than us. Anyway, LSU 45, Florida 35. You know, Richard, tough for the Florida Gators in this yeah, game. Yeah, dude, uh, Florida's defense sucks. Uh, it just does. They're actually the worst team in the country, I think, on third down. Anthony Richardson was up and down, but he didn't turn our ball over, which is great. Uh, Florida does not have anything on wide receiver. They just don't. Uh, they kind of had to abandon the run, obviously, because of game script, because LSU was up pretty pretty good in this game, and a rough, 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 rough in the passer penalty at the end of the game. I'm not disagreeing with the call. I'm saying that it happened was rough, given that Florida was uh, had an interception that then could have given them a potential uh, drive to tie the game. LSU was able to keep the ball, kick the field goal, and win by 10. Kentucky 27, Mississippi State 17. Mississippi State had been running the ball pretty well coming into this game, not voluminously, but effectively. And then they just decided to embrace tradition and yeah. not do that. Yeah, and, and it's not like they were down big the entire game. It was a 3-3 game at halftime, I believe. I don't understand why the inconsistency. I can't believe, like I, I cannot believe, Richard, that I'm sitting here recording a podcast that will go out to the public and I'm saying I'm surprised Mike Leach didn't run the ball more, but I'm surprised Mike Leach didn't run the ball more. He's been he's been doing this this year. And in this game, they just didn't do it at all. They had nine rushing attempts if you filter out the sack, uh, because college football for some reason still counts sacks as rushing. It was just odd. It it didn't They've been doing things a different way, and they went away from that. Uh, Kentucky's best players on offense were their best players. Will Levis was back. He was healthy. Chris Rodriguez had a lot of yards. Barry and Brown had a nice night as well. Skilled players. That that does business. Um, Arkansas 52, BYU 35. Richard, I've had enough of BYU, I think. I've had enough. <laughs> You're off? You're off it? I've, I've just seen enough. Um, I get it. I get it at this point. I thought Arkansas, there, there's a KJ Jefferson play in this game that was unbelievable. 
I mean, he like sh- like shakes off physically like four guys. Impressive. Good for the Hawks to, to put up a 50 burger on BYU on the road, too, by the way, in Provo. Uh, Ole Miss 48, Auburn 34. This was a weird one. Auburn was like being played off the park in this game. And I thought it was it was it was keyword time for Auburn and then they battled back and they gave Ole Miss a game legitimately um Ole Miss had to kind of put the hammer down at the end of the game there to to win this by two scores credit to Auburn's players for not quitting on their coaching staff like everyone has eyes everyone knows what is happening at Auburn and that the days are numbered there but they played hard and they played hard after they were down 21 nothing uh, as always uh, we're re- recording this podcast on Sunday morning Brian Harson is Auburn's coach as we record this stay tuned We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, you know, predicting Auburn behavior difficult, but Texas twenty four, Iowa State twenty one. Alex, stop me where you've heard this before. Matt Campbell and Iowa State lost a one score game. Uh, that they did, and this might have been the most excruciating of them all. Uh, they've lost four games all in the Big Twelve by a total of fourteen points. The last three of them by a field goal or less each. This one was was brutal. Xavier Hutchinson, best receiver on the team, maybe the best player on the Stay team. Stay on your feet. Stay on your feet. Stay had, on your feet. Had a drop on a deep oh. ball that would have put them well into field goal range trying to He would have scored. He would have walked in. It was tough. He probably should have stayed on his feet. They went back to him, by the way. He made a nice play, got them into field goal range anyway, uh, but they fumbled it away on a pretty clear targeting that I did not fathom how it wasn't called remember texas is leaving the big 12 they stabbed the big 12 in the back there's no reason for the big 12 to do favors to texas in officiating anymore as they've done for generations you would expect that the big 12 would go out of its way to make texas texas's life harder rather than easier i don't understand why iowa state had to get hosed like this um matt campbell is furious matt campbell seems to be furious every week i I'm exhausted on Iowa State's behalf. I'm exhausted. I mean, and they need to make their own breaks too. Um, But this just can't be fun. It can't be enjoyable. Oklahoma 52, Kansas 42 for the backdoor cover of the week for some of you, not for us. This was our BetUS Pick'em Game of the Week. We, me and you, took it <laughs> took it plus eight and a half. Uh, it ended at ten and a half in some books, and that was significant to some given the end of this game. Dylan Gabriel's return was very significant for Oklahoma. They absolutely needed him. They put up, obviously, a 50-burger on Kansas' defense, which is just not awesome. Uh, Jason Bean came in and played, I think, about as well as you could ask Jason Bean to play. He is not Jalen Daniels, quite clearly. Uh, but they are, I think, getting the best version of him. I think it's fair to say. Go to BetUS.com. That's BetUS.com to join now. Get 200% in bonuses with promo code SCD. Nobody in the industry gives better discounts than BetUS. Again, join up. Promo code SCD. Up to 200% in bonuses on your first deposit. West Virginia 43, Baylor 40 from Thursday night. Blake Shapin, who I think is a really good quarterback, got hurt in this game, hit in the head, targeting. Uh, I'm sure concussion stuff is going on there, concussion tests, et cetera. Uh, We do not like that another Baylor quarterback is dealing with head injury issues. But West Virginia needed this win, really needed this win in a Big 12 race. They're about to go four, I think. This game was being hot potatoed in terms of some perplexing interceptions at the end of the game, but JT Daniels led a drive and they won it at the buzzer. Illinois 26, Minnesota 14 uh-huh. as we go to the Midwest. Uh, uh-huh. You didn't adjust for them, and your ass got adjusted. I'm going to tell you that right now. They won the hell out of this game, boy. Now, I, what's the rent is going to come due at some point in time for Illinois about finishing drives, 
That's fine. Right. We'll, we'll Should have won this that. one by more. Should have won this we'll, one by more. We will get to that when we get to that. But doing business the way it's supposed to be done with Chase Brown, 40 carries for a buck 80, suffocating defense. Minnesota had Mo Ibrahim. Didn't matter. Nope. Didn't matter. Uh, Tanner Morgan got hurt. And when you're Chris Ottman Bell, their best receiver is already hurt. So look, it's tough for Minnesota, but Illinois is just just good. I mean, like you said, you, you got to adjust for them or you're going to get adjusted. Michigan State 34, Wisconsin 28. This one flew under the radar because, well, it look, at both, look at both of these teams this year. Uh, that is that is as it should be for sure. It was actually a really fun game. MSU had a chance to win this game in regulation. They ran a fire drill field goal with, with the clock running where the holder dropped the snap and that kept them from an opportunity to win the game in regulation. They get it done in the extra period anyway. Braylon Allen went over 100 yards. Wisconsin kind of looked like Wisconsin from a pushing people around standpoint. But then the piano fell on the head because Braylon Allen fumbled in overtime, setting up Michigan State to go and score uh, and win the football game. Maryland 38, Indiana 33. Talia Vailoa got hurt, rolled up on, looked very bad, got carted off. Awful. Hate to see it. Hate to see it for the Tagovailoa family, which has had a lot of medical problems out of quarterback play lately. Uh, Indiana, though, you let the backup come in and you let him lead two touchdown drives to beat you in your own house when you had a chance to get a nice win. Maryland's 5-2. and two. It would be nice to get a sixth win. Uh, I don't know what Talia's medical status is. Hopefully he is okay, but you, you just don't know. Indiana's going in the in the wrong, wrong, wrong direction. I'm not an optimist about that situation. Purdue 43, Nebraska 37. Richard, you know that's the same division that produced Iowa, Illinois a week ago. Allegedly, Stanford 16, Notre Dame 14. Not good, not good at all for the Irish. Watch this with a famous Notre Dame fan, friend of the show, who was less than pleased about this. Uh, I think some of this is the rent coming due on the offensive line situation at Notre Dame, which was fantastic for multiple years and is now very much not. Uh, quarterback is bad. They have a lack of skilled players besides Michael Mayer with any any amount of juice. You just don't have much of anything on offense. You know, and and look, Brian Kelly didn't leave them with a great cupboard offensively. What? Yeah, but but but, I, I, but here comes the but. But come on, man. You know how many FBS wins Marshall and Stanford have against teams other than Notre Dame? I I get it, but still, you know how I many? Mean, Richard, not, do you know how many? Do you know how many? This is not like. Do you know how many? <laughs> I'm gonna guess zero. 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 Nil. None. Null set. It's just it's. <laughs> There's no there's no good excuse for this if if you're Marcus Freeman in Notre Dame. You you just like Stanford's not good. This is not this is not your older brother Stanford. It's not good. Also not good. Uh Colorado 20, Cal 13, as in not good for Cal. So credit to Colorado and and to Colorado's players, credit to Mike Sanford, the interim coach. It's the year they of won. the interim coach. They won a, they game, won a game. And they won I did it. not think they were gonna win a game this they, year. They won it. I didn't either. They won it in what had to be excruciating fashion for Cal, where the game tying touchdown pass was thrown into the end zone, reached the arms, the, the hands of a receiver, was jarred loose and intercepted. Uh yeah, Cal, uh, this is this is this is tough. This is tough. This is not a not a cause for belief in the Justin Wilcox project in Berkeley. Oregon State 24, Washington State 10. Wazoo has Cameron Ward, who is really good, but I don't think they have the overall juice on offense. Uh, 
and that's a problem. Like aside from him, there's just there's not a ton going on. I mean, Nakia Watson is a talent, but the offense, the results, are, your results are your results. The season is half over at this point or more, and it's iffy. Um, this will be a bowl team, but the offense is going to prevent them from doing the things that they maybe otherwise could have done in terms of this being a sneaky year in the Pac-12 North or something like that. Oregon State, good on defense. Good on defense. Yep, that is solid. a space to watch. Solid. They shut USC. They shut USC down. Like, shut USC down, down. They very much did. Uh, they lost the game, but they played well. Washington, 49. Arizona, 39. Remember Arizona. What's the house The house line on Arizona, Richard? Uh, bad but fun. Bad but fun. You've got it. 400 Jaden Delore yards, but you give up a 49-pack to the Washington Huskies. Washington <laughs> has these three different wide receivers. It's Roma Dunce, Jalen Polk, Jalen McMillan. Three guys who are very, very dangerous when the ball is thrown in their direction, and that is a lot of fun. Louisiana 23, Marshall 13. This was on Wednesday. This was a literal Nokian Tires road trip for our dear co-host, Stephen Godfrey, who will be back in the saddle this week with us. Louisiana has regressed a lot, but I am kind of fascinated by Marshall, which we just talked about. Uh, Can't really beat teams other than Notre Dame and is perplexing uh, in its first year in the Sun Belt. I'm told that it was a fun time. I'm told Godfrey really enjoyed himself. He drove through a hellacious rainstorm, by the way, to get to this game um, to go and represent us well. Um, before well, thank God our he was on his partners. Thank God he was on his all-weather Nokian tires. NokianTires.com backslash SCD to find the road trip map. Go get some tires, folks. They work. We have testimonials. They do, and every new entry, every new entry, even if you've already put one in, puts you into a monthly drawing for a set of those very good tires. Also. Congrats to them. A lot of Vols fans at that company. Tulane 45, USF 31. USF is one in five, but at least morally, like moral victories, they've got at least three. Uh, I think it gets exhausting, though, to keep keep trying to find moral victories every week, which is basically what USF is doing at this point. Florida, Cincinnati, now Tulane. But Tulane is six and one. They're three and oh in the American, and they have as good a shot as anybody at being in that conference title game. By the way, that's open to everyone. No divisions this year. I didn't realize this until a few weeks ago, but they scrapped divisions a year before the conference's composition really changes there. Tulane found some offense in this game. They have been a primarily defense team this year, but they found some offense, and I think you should take the wave very seriously. EC 47, Memphis 45, a whole lot of overtimes in this game. You're going to do the Ryan Silverfield thing. I mean, it's a four overtime game, man. I know, yes, you lost. No, I know, but yes, I'm just it's saying, not good. At the end like, of the year, they're going to count wins. Memphis has aspirations, and they've got Tulane and, US, and UCF coming up. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Christ. Toledo 52, Kent State 31. Toledo 3 0 in the MAC. They do have that division by the scruff of the neck. They better not lose it. Uh, and I do think, if nothing else, this could be a springboard for Jason Candle. Uh, and they've been interesting for a while, has Toledo. Ball State 25, UConn Everyone 21. could use that. Everyone could use that. Jason Candle and Toledo could both use that. Ball State 25, UConn 21. Uh, UConn almost had three FBS wins in a row, Alex, but they couldn't get it 
done. Do not discount Ball State in the MAC. I have a theory that Ball State is the single most anonymous team in FBS. Ask someone who likes college football to name three players who have played for Ball State. They're probably not going to be able to do it. I mean, like forever. But Ball State has been relevant in this league the last couple of years, and I think maybe so again this year. Richard, a couple AAC weeknighters as well to get to. Uh, UCF 70, Temple 13 on Thursday, and SMU 40, Navy 34 on Friday. In which a horse shat on the field. Uh, a horse pooped on the field. UCF kind of quietly actually is a great offense again this year. John Reese Plumley is playing very well. I apologize for doubting UCF this year. I think that they might even be the best team in the American. I don't know that, but it's just, it's a follow, It's a, a story I'm following. I'm, I'm willing to say that, by the way. Uh, Temple, fellas, please. Give it's up, the first year. Give up, right? 70, give up 70 if you want, but do not go three and out on the majority of your possessions on the other side which they did. Uh, SMU Navy was not as close as it looked, and Navy pulled a sickening, sickening backdoor cover for some of us in this game. Western Kentucky 35, Middle Tennessee 17. Oh, oh. Fresno State 17, San Jose State 10. The question was posed, why isn't anybody talking about San Jose State? This is probably why. Air Force 42, UNLV 7. All three of these, or excuse me, these two grab bags and the Hawaii 31, Nevada 16, I should say. All three of those games make a Mountain West grab bag of teams where you're just like, okay, thought Air Force was struggling, thought Air Force was going to need to find it. It seemed like they did. Well, it's Force- a UNLV team that both of us kind of were a little sweet on. I kind of am. I mean, UNLV still might make a bowl, which is cool, but Air Force had 42 points and UNLV had 35 offensive plays. Usually, you do not want to give up more points than you run offensive plays, if you can avoid it. Also, Hawaii beating Nevada, that is awesome for Hawaii. The fact that Hawaii was able to win a single FBS game this year is kind of astonishing to me, given what Todd Graham left them in shape-wise. Timmy Chang gets to beat the – he was on staff for Norvell at Nevada the last couple of years, Chris. Yes, yes. Um, so nice win for him. Uh Offense wasn't pretty for anybody, but congrats to the, to the Rainbow Warriors. Dedrick Parson had 136 yards. Let's do FCS. We don't do a ton of FCS here because it gets unruly. We have to keep the show at least to some length. A couple of Dakota marker, baby. Tell us about it. Uh, South Dakota State beats North Dakota State 23 to 21 in the Fargo Dome. Uh, so they're going to they're gonna see each other again in the playoffs, right? I mean, maybe. So this was a 1-2 game. North Dakota State 1, South Dakota State 2. It's, it's game of the century in FCS. Of the week. Of the week. Yeah, someone said that. It might have been Roger Sherman who said that. Um but it, there's an odd dynamic that's unfolded in this rivalry and, and great for SDSU to win in the Fargo Dome. They've won three in a row in this series. NDSU still reigns nationally. This is still North Dakota State's thing. Like FCS still belongs to them. But right. they, like that's what that's but, why I say you, you're going to see this team in the playoffs. But they have been supplanted in the rivalry. And this is three in a row. Um, usually you don't get that. Like you don't see that in the SEC, right? Like the year that LSU beats beats Alabama, LSU is going to win the national title. It's not how oh, it works. Except, except for that one year where they very much didn't. Except for that one year where they very much didn't. Idaho 30, Montana 23. Uh, this is on here. I I read because Montana was number three in the FCS. And this creates what we are posing to the committee as an FCS blood week. This is what we're getting. At. Definitely an FCS blood week. I, I guess I, I, I know that Jason Kirk and Holly Anderson will be in touch. I'm not sure if they've made a ruling on this, but a lot of top FBS teams losing and two of the top three in FCS losing. The thing about FCS is you got a pretty expansive playoff. These teams have still have margin for error. We'll all, we'll see all of them later in the season. 
But yeah, Richard, college football is a fun time. This was a great weekend for it. And I think perhaps we should see you and me and Stephen Godfrey on Wednesday to talk about it some more. I don't know why you keep acting like we didn't fire Godfrey. 